OTB GAA. And all of a sudden, you know, Kerry are totally up. They never, ever got a chance to build again after they got a score. And that was down to Cluxon and the movement outside. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Andy Mitten, good morning to you. How are you? Uh, I'm jet lagged <laughs> and I'm all right. I'm looking forward to coming to Dublin at the weekend. I've missed a deadline for accreditation. Uh, I'm seeing how cheap your capital city is for, for accommodation as well. Oh, absolute <laughs> everywhere. And uh, no, I'm all right. But I just I woke up at two o'clock in the morning. Nine hour time difference between uh, Las Vegas and Europe. And I was in Vegas for the final game of Manchester United's uh, pre-season tour. So I'll get some sleep, come to Dublin, doing a night on Saturday at the Sugar Club. Then we've got the game against the Basques of Athletic Club. And uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. The atmosphere should be amazing. It'll be essentially a home game for Manchester United. Uh, and um, yeah, what kind of team do you think ends up playing? How close to the full team does he need to start getting game time into? We're essentially two weeks away from the first league game. What's your instinct about who'll play and who won't play? I'm glad you've asked that because I've just looked at my Instagram messages and it seems that 2.8 million Irish people have asked the same question. <laughs> people have bought tickets. They want to know what the team's going to be in that, and that's fair enough. I, I think it will be a balance. Uh, respect for the fact that people have paid a lot of money for tickets and tickets have been expensive on these pre-season tours. Far more expensive than games at Old Trafford. And also a balancing act because there'll be a game at Old Trafford on, on Saturday. That's purposely kicking off early on Saturday. Um, so Ten Hag, I think, will, will be at both. But I think you see some big names in Dublin as well. Um, I don't think you'll see the absolute strongest Manchester United team in either. Equally, you won't be seeing the type of team United put out against Wrexham in San Diego a few days ago. So uh, th- there will be some names there. And I think Manchester United are very aware of, of the huge support in the Republic of Ireland. I think it'll be stronger than the team which went out against Leeds in Oslo because the pre-season's much more advanced. All the players are back now and he's also got a big squad. He actually needs to get rid of players. Some of them who are big names, so they need minutes. They're going to get them at the uh, at the wonderful Aviva Stadium. The price of these pre-season tickets, Andy, is farcical, isn't it? I mean, yeah. a lot of people paid big money over in America, I guess, to see that Wrexham United game and yeah. even the most fervent United supporter, I think if they could have named three of the starting 11, they'd have been doing quite well. Like, it's a bit of a joke. Yeah, and I've been writing about it and covering it, um, and it concerns me. Uh, there's a few factors here. Dynamic pricing is used. Uh, I don't like it. It's used in the airline industry. It's very common in the United States. The economy in California or New York is far stronger than Europe. The, the dollar being strong means that people are just used to paying a lot more for, for tickets. So I get why they're expensive, and Manchester United are not cheap. Even though the club are not charging or setting the ticket prices, it's the promoter. But the promoter needs to charge high prices because Manchester United are not cheap to get over. But some of them prices for the Wrexham game probably average $160 for Manchester United's under-21s team. It is ridiculous because so much progress has been made on ticket prices for games in England. That £30 cap for Premier League games marked real progress from fans Ticket prices for Old Trafford are really reasonable. I've had people in the last year um, 
get tickets for face value and say, is this some sort of joke? Is it really only 34 quid? Or like, is a pint really only three pounds? I'm like, yeah, it is. That's the truth. But the preseason games, New York sold out. $200 average ticket prices against Arsenal. Vegas at the weekend didn't sell out. Crowd of 50,000, 69,000 seat a stadium. What a stadium, by the way. And tickets prices for that were really expensive. But they came down because they're using this dynamic pricing. So I was hearing stories of people in Los Angeles saying we saw tickets had dropped to $50, uh, $50 so we decided to make the drive over. So it, this, this is how the tickets are priced there, but I don't like it. To be fair to Manchester United, they did try and sort out um, fans who travelled over for like $60 and also had a good connection with the season ticket holders um, and, and, and support clubs as well to try and help them. But yeah, overall, ridiculous. Tell me how you feel the off-season has been for Manchester United so far. It's obviously incomplete. The transfer deadline doesn't close until the end of the month, so there's still plenty of time for more likely more exits than incomings, but still some key incomings to be completed as well. I'm all right about it. And why am I like that? Well, I had a good sit down with Eric Ten Hag at the weekend, speaking to different players on and off the record, coaching staff. Um, if you're going to judge results pre-season, that's usually misleading. So Manchester United have lost the last three games, but did well against Arsenal in New York. I'm optimistic about the signings have come in, the fact that they've come in quite early, new goalkeeper, Mason Mount in midfield, Rasmus Hoyland as well up front. I think every incoming signing, fans have an idealised version that is going to be successful. In reality, it's about a 50% hit rate, although I think Ten Hag's a good judge of, of, of a player and his signings have, have been good. So I think United are moving in the right direction under Eric Ten Hag. I think it would be very, very difficult to compete with Manchester City in the way that they're funded for anybody. But I would expect and hope that Manchester United continue to improve, get more points this season, do okay in the Champions League and sort out that away form against the top teams, which was which was shocking last year, really bad. And I, I asked players about it, I asked the manager about it, and they're just saying we need more consistency. But the patterns of play during matches, the evidence I saw of the players settling in together, going on nights out together, taking the kit man for a night out in San Diego. I like that sort of stuff. So I've been on the, these pre-seasons. I remember 2018 when Jose Mourinho was doing his very best to piss off every Manchester United fan. And they've been really bad. And you go into the season thinking, this is not going to be good. But I'm pretty optimistic. Uh, the kit man will have uh, Adidas kits to deal with for, for a further 10 years. Andy, massive £900 yeah. million pound partnership. I think it's the biggest kit deal in Premier League history that was confirmed this week. Like that's uh, Although it might bypass United fans based on the, the transfer, the, the more juicy transfer news, it's, uh, it's a pretty huge deal for United. Yeah, the numbers are big. I, I got an inkling that that was going to happen. The bottom line is the kits sell well. They continue to sell really well. I remember in the 90s when a new kit came out every two years, I'd have the main British media outlets ringing me saying, this is disgraceful, you must be absolutely outraged about this. And it was it was primetime news every two years. Now there's kits every year, three kits per year. And I said then, no one's forcing anyone to buy them. You know, my mates at the match, I don't think any of them have bought a kit for, for years. 
but they're really popular, especially with younger fans, and it is a big source of income for Manchester United. And I like I like Adidas being with Manchester United. I like the retro stuff that they've done. I like the kits in the 1980s, but that is guaranteed income for a long time, and that will help. Is that a bad thing? Does that mean that the Glazers are going to go, actually, we're sat on a complete gold mine here. We're going to stay. Not heard anything about the sales process. That is the cloud that is hanging over Manchester United at the moment. Fans want clarity. People at the club want clarity. They want assurances. None have been forthcoming whatsoever. So that would be the main negative with Manchester United, the ownership. But if they can do deals like that with Adidas, then you know other clubs inflate their commercial um, deals. I think with Manchester United, it's a genuine one based on on huge demand. The, the team are incredibly popular. In terms of the style of play this season, the change of goalkeeper is about as fundamental a thing that you can do when it comes to uh, the implication of what you're trying to do and the communication, the philosophy and all that kind of stuff. Um, we can talk about the uh, berating of Harry Maguire in a moment, but what's, what what do you think will happen when Onana beds in and so we're two months in? What will the difference in style of play be? Well, Ten Hag said it's going to be pretty similar to last season, but but you're quite right. Onana is a totally different goalkeeper. I was watching him in training threading passes through defenders with usually pinpoint accuracy and being thrilled by that. And I spoke to a lot of people about Anana, um, people people in Italy, people in Holland, pro- proper goalkeeping coaches. And the reports were very, very good. Clearly, Ten Hag likes him a lot, but he takes major risks. He would be in a similar style to, to Edison, to Alisson, um, managers at, at the very best clubs want goalkeepers to almost be an outfield player like Barca did with Victor Valdez a decade ago or, or even more. So I think fans have welcomed the Inanna signing, but almost everyone I speak to says there will be two errors. There will be some errors. So I'd like to see the reaction when when, when that happens. Because again, fans have this idealised version of, okay, De Gea made... Six mistakes last year, so we're not going to make six this year, as so everything's going to be perfect with Anana. But he 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 berates his players. He's very vocal. He's very confident. He's not short of an opinion. So you're getting some very strong characters in the dressing room room now, in a pretty good way. Not energy sappers. They were let go a year ago. People who who I think are winners when things are going well. You have to ask them what they're going to be like when things are not going so well. But Manchester United have been going well. And as I said, decent signings. I like the idea of the goalkeeper. Bring it on. Let's see what they're going to do. There was uh, an interesting moment from Anana in the, I think it was the Dortmund friendly uh, a few days ago, Andy, where he uh, berates Harry Maguire for, uh, for what he sees uh, as a bit of an error. Um, like, of course, £20 million bid from West Ham rejected. Uh, for Harry Maguire I don't know if they'll come back in there's rumours that Ever- Everton might be interested as well will he be a United player in, a, in a, another couple of months don't know but what I do know is Harry Maguire wants to stay at Manchester United he absolutely wants to stay at Manchester United and he wants to fight for his place and Ten Hag was quite conciliatory about him but then you see Scott McTominay chosen ahead of him as captain uh, in Las Vegas for that game Um 
it was an awful goal to concede, but they all were actually, including Dortmund's goals. Bad, bad errors. Get them out the way pre-season, giving the ball away. But I've got no issue if the um, goalkeeper wants to have a proper go at his defenders. And I'm sure when it's him and Lissandro Martinez going at each other, then that's going to be equally entertaining as well. With Harry, I think Harry's a good player. Um, he's not the first choice central defender for Manchester United. Very interesting on Saturday night in Las Vegas to bump into some Dallas United fans who were paying homage to Harry Maguire. They're like, we need to say this to you. We absolutely love Harry. What, all of you as a collective? Absolutely. Because he has had stick. He's had a lot of stick. Uh, he's had too much stick and he's become a scapegoat. Fans always need a scapegoat and, and it is absolutely Harry Maguire. Um, at times last year, it was David De Gea, but Harry Maguire is the one, but... I don't think he's said the wrong thing. I think he's been very professional. I've spoke to him several times. I think from Maguire's perspective, he'd be wondering why have Manchester United not come out and emphatically said he is not for sale? Well, that's because you and I know that if a big offer comes in, there will be pressure to to move Harry Maguire on. Yeah. Um, West Ham, flushed with all that money from Declan Rice, have decided to spend about 2% of it on new players. So people know that West Ham have got money. Uh, I think Harry Maguire would be a very good defender for a, a very good Premier League team, but you're not going to be seeing Manchester City coming in for him like they did, did a couple of years ago. He, he needs a couple of good things to happen. He needs a run of matches. Um, probably something bad has got to happen for him to to come good, you know, an injury to a player, and, and just to get out of this pit that he's been in for a long time where he's not going to be judged... Um, playing at home against Southampton or Fulham. He needs a really good game against Liverpool away and he's just not been getting that opportunity. Andy, what's the shape of the team? Where's Mount playing in respect of Casemiro? Is Mount a like-for-like replacement for Ericsson? How how do you expect the midfield stroke forwards to line up now that we have a number nine as well? Ten Hag wanted Mount because he's so versatile. Uh, But he also says his best role is a central one. But he also says Jadon Sancho's best role is a central one. And the central role is occupied by Bruno Fernandes, who's now the captain. So You can't have nine players in that one position just in front of the midfield. I think with Mount, he's got more legs than Ericsson. I think Ericsson tired towards the end of last season in games and in general. He had a good season, Ericsson, but after his injury, it was notable. Um, Mount, someone said to me they could see him playing deeper, almost giving legs alongside Casimiro in place of Fred, who is up for sale, uh, or Scott McTominay, who Manchester United would listen to offers from. So anywhere centrally, Casimiro's the man. He's the number one. Uh, everything else around him is is subject to, to form. And I know that Ten Hag really pushed for Mason Mount. He spoke to him and said, I want you to be a big part of my team. And he felt that Mason Mount really wanted to join Manchester United. So... Tenog is building his team. He's getting pretty close to his team as well. I tried to push him on how close is this team to the one you want. But you get answers. He's quite diplomatic. You get answers like every football team is constantly evolving. We're always looking to strengthen. Yeah, I know that, Eric. But, you know, What's it, you're saying seven or eight new signings now. Yeah, so a, a gun to your head. You're at the gates of hell and you have to win a match with this current squad. Yeah. To stay alive, who's your who's your team? And it, like, it's Casemiro, Mount, 
the captain, as you said, they're the trio there. It's yeah. Rashford, Hoyland, and Anthony. Is that it? Good question. Sancho had a pretty good pre-season. He had a seven eight out of ten pre-season. Anthony Martial, uh, who's very talented, but we'll, we'll probably rule him out after six or seven minutes with another injury. <laughs> um, Hoyland, still very young. He's only twenty. I'd expect him to be. You know, he might come in and, and just just explode and be fantastic, but. It's a big ask for someone so young. Ten Hag raves about him. He really does. And you'll see some some quotes when he actually signs saying why he thinks that he's a good player. Um, Anthony, I think, needs a good second season. Cost a lot of money last year. Probably the most disappointing of Ten Hag signings. Um, cuts inside, very skillful. Works, works well defensively as well. But cannot shoot on goal. You need to get them... Um, Watching him on some of the pre-seasons, it was, it was just his shooting really has got to it, got to improve. So it, it's all these places are all up to be won, and Ten Hag, as we've seen many times, will make the difficult decisions. So putting the gun to my head, first game of the season, yeah, Mount Casimiro, Fernandez, Hoyland, Rashford, Sancho, Stroke, Anthony. <laughs> Um, one man who, who may be on the bench a little bit this season, potentially feature as well, and he is uh, Johnny Evans. I mean, eight years after leaving the club, obviously came through the academy at Old Trafford, all of a sudden hops in for a few games in pre-season, clearly impresses Eric Ten Hagen, appears to be on the verge of a, a one-year contract. Top lad, Johnny. I put a false rumour out last week that he was signing an eight-year contract and he got <laughs> wind of it. <laughs> but he took it in the right, in the right spirit. I really like him as a person. I don't think he should have ever been sold in 2015. Van Hall did his best to offload as many talented players who'd come through the club and replace them with, with inferior um, players. So it makes sense for me. Johnny Evans is not going to be the first choice centre-half, uh, but yeah, he, 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 he can be absolutely competent in, in matches and maybe move into a role um, coaching him and guiding the younger players as well. Because United have lost, you know, David De Gea had been, had been there for, for 12 years. If Scott McTominay moves on, you, you can't lose all the players who, who know what Manchester United is supposed to be about. So Johnny's made a good impression. I wasn't thinking that after 28 minutes in San Diego, if I'm honest, against Wrexham, when the whole team were having a stinker and being out-muscled, and we're really struggling to deal with Wrexham's set-pieces, but... Uh, I'm I'm pleased. You know, Johnny's not going to be so expensive, and he, he's really high, highly regarded. And I'm not expecting him to get the winner at Liverpool away, <laughs> but you never know. Yeah, exactly. Hollywood's, you know. Um, the other elephant in the room at Manchester United at the moment is the ongoing situation around Mason Greenwood. What do you think will happen here? I think something will happen soon. I'd be prepared for something to happen soon. If you'd have asked me two months ago, I would have probably said moving him away, putting him out on loan, because he does have a contract. So you've got to look at it from that perspective. My understanding is that people on the football side are more amenable to, to him coming back. Um, there's been some concerns uh, within the club. So the, 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 you're not getting a, a unified opinion of what should happen. And it's the same among fans as well. You're getting fans saying 
Um, it, it would be disgraceful if he ever comes back. We heard the tape, etc. And others saying, well, actually, he's not been found guilty of anything. So it's a very contentious issue. Uh, I would be leaning more towards Manchester United somehow entertaining him and bringing him back. I don't have any hard evidence of that, but I think it is moving towards that. There was a story which was front page news on Saturday saying... Adidas had no issue with this, and Adidas are obviously clearly a big sponsor, but um, Adidas denied that. But I, 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 I think it is moving in in, in that direction. Yeah, because the, long, the longer it goes on, the more likely that is to happen. Because if they were going to move yeah. them, they would have moved them by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how do I feel about that? Totally conflicted. Um, he's a, he's a top top footballer, but you know, I heard that tape as well, so. It's 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 a difficult one, but a, a, a decision does need to be made. Uh, Eric Ten Hag has given his view. He answered questions on it in New York, and then when we asked him again about it at the weekend, he said, "Look, I've said all I want to say here." So, I think when an announcement is made, there will be some turbulence, and that will be the main story for a day or two in, in the Manchester United soap opera. Yeah, I think it's difficult to unhear the tape, really. Like as yeah, a, yeah. as a, a fan of football. Uh, yeah. You know, and I understand that people say, "Oh, uh, should he be punished for something?" And it's like, well, he's not been—he hasn't got to jail, so he's free to live his life. It's just that maybe the Manchester United fans don't really want to be associated with that. Then I, I overheard a conversation at the supermarket the other day. Two Man United fans going, "Ah, sure, look," you know, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." That's, football fans are football fans uh, of all clubs. This is not specific in any yeah. way to Manchester United. Every other club in the Premier League has had issues, um, but there does seem to be a tolerance for uh, domestic violence in sport. And yeah. I mean, it's just not a good look. It really no, no, it's not, and 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 it's historical as well. If you're going to judge some of Manchester United's greatest ever players, there's major question marks over what they were like as people off the field. And as you say, it's not just Manchester United. It's it's all football clubs and fans change the tune or they let the ability of the individual um, blur their opinion of it. But yeah, we all heard the tape and I'm, I'm, I'm a father of two daughters. I was horrified when I, when I heard that tape. Then again, um, what do you do with the individual? Do you, does, he, does he come into society, be a, a tax-paying, successful citizen or does he get ostracised, which in his mind he's not been charged of anything? It, it's very, very complicated. And I think it needs to be it needs to be resolved um, sooner sooner rather than later. I've noticed as well a sort of soft focus on him. Um, he's become a father um, with his partner, um, but yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know what is what the decision is going to be. All right, Andy, football's back. Great to have you back with us. Thanks a million. Thank you. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.